the autobiography of goethe volume one by johann von goethe translated by john oxenford section three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the autobiography of goethe volume one by johann von goethe translated by john oxenford section three part the first first book on the twenty eighth of august seventeen forty nine at midday as the clock struck twelve i came into the world at frankfurt on the main. my horoscope was propitious the sun stood in the sign of the virgin and had culminated for the day jupiter and venus looked on with a friendly eye and mercury not adversely while saturn and mars kept themselves indifferent the moon alone just full exerted the power of her reflection all the more as she had then reached her planetary hour she opposed herself therefore to my birth which could not be accomplished until this hour was past these good aspects which the astrologers managed subsequently to reckon very auspicious for me may have been the causes of my preservation for through the unskilfulness of the midwife i came into the world as dead and only after various efforts was i enabled to see the light this event which had put our household into sore straits turned to the advantage of my fellow-citizens inasmuch as my grandfather the Schultheiss, footnote a chief judge or magistrate of the town johann wolfgang textor took occasion from it to have an accoucheur appointed and to introduce or revive the tuition of midwives which may have done some good to those who were born after me when we desire to recall what happened to us in the earliest period of youth it often happens that we confound what we have heard from others with that which we really possess from our own direct experience without therefore instituting a very close investigation into the point which after all could lead to nothing i am conscious that we lived in an old house which in fact consisted of two adjoining houses that had been opened into each other a winding staircase led to rooms on different levels and the unevenness of the stories was remedied by steps for us children a younger sister and myself the favourite resort was a spacious floor below near the door of which was a large wooden lattice that allowed us direct communication with the street and open air a bird cage of this sort with which many houses were provided was called a frame de Reims. the women sat in it to sew and knit the cook picked her salad there female neighbours chatted with each other and the streets consequently in the fine season wore a southern aspect one felt at ease while in communication with the public we children too by means of these frames were brought into contact with our neighbours of whom three brothers von ochenstein 
the surviving sons of the deceased Schultheis, living on the other side of the way, won my love, and occupied and diverted themselves with me in many ways. Our family liked to tell all sorts of waggeries to which I was enticed by these otherwise grave and solitary men. Let one of these pranks suffice for all. A crockery fair had just been held, from which not only our kitchen had been supplied for a while with articles for a long time to come, but a great deal of small gear of the same ware had been purchased as playthings for us children. One fine afternoon, when everything was quiet in the house, I whiled away the time with my pots and dishes in the frame, and finding that nothing more was to be got out of them, hurled one of them into the street. Von Ochensteins, who saw me so delighted at the fine smash it made that I clapped my hands for joy, cried out, Another! I was not long in flinging out a pot. And as they made no end to their calls for more, by degrees the whole collection, platters, pipkins, mugs and all, were dashed upon the pavement. My neighbours continued to express their approbation, and I was highly delighted to give them pleasure. But my stock was exhausted, and still they shouted, More! I ran, therefore, straight to the kitchen and brought the earthenware which produced a still livelier spectacle in breaking. And thus I kept running backwards and forwards, fetching one plate after another as I could reach it from where they stood in rows on the shelf. But as that did not satisfy my audience, I devoted all the ware that I could drag out to similar destruction. It was not till afterwards that any one appeared to hinder and forbid. The mischief was done, and in place of so much broken crockery there was at least a ludicrous story in which the roguish authors took special delight to the end of their days. My father's mother, for it was her house in which we dwelt, lived in a large back room directly on the ground floor, and we were accustomed to carry on our sports even up to her chair, and when she was ill, up to her bedside. I remember her as it were a spirit, a handsome, thin woman, always neatly dressed in white, mild, gentle, and kind she has ever remained in my memory. The street in which our house was situated passed by the name of the Stag Ditch, but as neither stags nor ditches were to be seen, we wished to have the term explained. They told us that our house stood on a spot that was once outside the city, and that where the street now was there had formerly been a ditch in which a number of stags were kept. These stags were preserved and fed here because the Senate every year, according to an ancient custom, feasted publicly on a stag, which was therefore always at hand in the ditch for such a festival in case princes or knights interfered with the city's right of chase outside, or the walls were encompassed or besieged by an enemy. This pleased us much, and we wished that such a lair for tame animals could have been seen in our times. The back of the house, from the second story particularly, commanded a very pleasant prospect over an almost immeasurable extent of neighbouring gardens, stretching to the very walls of the city. 
but alas in transforming what were once public grounds into private gardens our house and some others lying towards the corner of the street had been much stinted since the houses towards the horse market had appropriated spacious outhouses and large gardens to themselves while a tolerably high wall shut us out from these adjacent paradises on the second floor was a room which was called the garden room because they had there endeavoured to supply the want of a garden by means of a few plants placed before the window as i grew older it was there that i made my favourite not melancholy but somewhat sentimental retreat over these gardens beyond the city's walls and ramparts might be seen a beautiful and fertile plain the same which stretches towards hochst in the summer season i commonly learned my lessons there and watched the thunderstorms but could never look my fill at the setting sun which went down directly opposite my windows and when at the same time i saw the neighbours wandering through their gardens taking care of their flowers the children playing parties of friends enjoying themselves and could hear the bowls rolling and the nine-pins dropping it early excited within me a feeling of solitude and a sense of vague longing resulting from it which conspiring with the seriousness and awe implanted in me by nature exerted its influence at an early age and showed itself more distinctly in after years the old many-cornered and gloomy arrangement of the house was moreover adapted to awaken dread and terror in childish minds unfortunately too the principle of discipline that young persons should be early deprived of all fear for the awful and invisible and accustomed to the terrible still prevailed we children therefore were compelled to sleep alone and when we found this impossible and softly slipped from our beds to seek the society of the servants and maids our father with his dressing-gown turned inside out which disguised him sufficiently for the purpose placed himself in the way and frightened us back to our resting-places the evil effect of this any one can imagine how is he who is encompassed with a double terror to be emancipated from fear my mother always cheerful and gay and willing to render others so discovered a much better pedagogical expedient she managed to gain her end by rewards it was the season for peaches the plentiful enjoyment of which she promised us every morning if we overcame our fears during the night in this way she succeeded and both parties were satisfied in the interior of the house my eyes were chiefly attracted by a series of roman views with which my father had ornamented an anteroom they were engravings by some of the accomplished predecessors of piranesi who well understood perspective and architecture and whose touches were clear and excellent there i saw every day the piazza del popolo the Colosseum, the piazza of st peter's and st peter's church within and without 
the castle of St. Angelo, and many other places. These images impressed themselves deeply upon me, and my otherwise very laconic father was often so kind as to furnish descriptions of the objects. His partiality for the Italian language, and for everything pertaining to Italy, was very decided. A small collection of marbles and natural curiosities, which he had brought with him thence, he often showed to us, and he devoted a great part of his time to a description of his travels written in Italian, the copying and correction of which he slowly and accurately completed in several parcels with his own hand. A lively old teacher of Italian called Giovanazzi was of service to him in this work. The old man, moreover, did not sing badly, and my mother every day must needs accompany him and herself upon the clavichord, and thus I speedily learned the solitario bosco ombroso, so as to know it by heart, before I understood it. My father was altogether of a didactic turn, and in his retirement from business liked to communicate to others what he knew or was able to do. Thus, during the first years of their marriage, he had kept my mother busily engaged in writing, playing the clavichord, and singing, by which means she had been laid under the necessity of acquiring some knowledge and a slight readiness in the Italian tongue. Generally, we passed all our leisure hours with my grandmother, in whose spacious apartment we found plenty of room for our sports, she contrived to engage us with various trifles, and to regale us with all sorts of nice morsels. But one Christmas evening she crowned all her kind deeds by having a puppet show exhibited before us, and thus unfolding a new world in the old house. This unexpected drama attracted our young minds with great force, Upon the boy particularly it made a very strong impression, which continued to vibrate with a great and lasting effect. The little stage, with its speechless personages, which at the outset had only been exhibited to us, but was afterwards given over for our use and dramatic vivification, was prized more highly by us children, as it was the last bequest of our good grandmother, whom encroaching disease first withdrew from our sight, and death next tore away from our hearts for ever. Her departure was of still more importance to our family, as it drew after it a complete change in our condition. As long as my grandmother lived, my father had refrained from changing or renovating the house, even in the slightest particular though it was known that he had pretty large plans of building, which were now immediately begun. In Frankfurt, as in many other old towns, when anybody put up a wooden structure, he ventured for the sake of space to make not only the first, but each successive story project over the lower one, by which means narrow streets especially were rendered somewhat dark and confined. At last a law was passed that everyone putting up a new house from the ground 
should confine his projections to the first upper story and carry the others up perpendicularly my father that he might not lose the projecting space in the second story caring little for outward architectural appearance and anxious only for the good and convenient arrangement of the interior resorted to the expedient which others had employed before him of propping the upper part of the house until one part after another had been removed from the bottom upwards and a new house as it were inserted in its place thus while comparatively none of the old structure remained the new one merely passed for a repair now as the tearing down and building up was done gradually my father determined not to quit the house that he might better direct and give his orders as he possessed a good knowledge of the technicalities of building at the same time he would not suffer his family to leave him this new epoch was very surprising and strange for the children to see the rooms in which they had so often been confined and pestered with wearisome tasks and studies the passages they had played in the walls which had always been kept so carefully clean all falling before the mason's hatchet and the carpenter's axe and that from the bottom upwards to float as it were in the air propped up by beams being at the same time constantly confined to a certain lesson or definite task all this produced a commotion in our young heads that was not easily settled but the young people felt the inconvenience less because they had somewhat more space to play than before and had many opportunities of swinging on beams and playing at seesaw with the boards at first my father obstinately persisted in carrying out his plan but when at last even the roof was partly removed and the rain reached our beds in spite of the carpets that had been taken up converted into tarpaulin and stretched over as a defence he determined though reluctantly that the children should be entrusted for a time to some kind friends who had already offered their services and sent to a public school this transition was rather unpleasant for when the children who had all along been kept at home in a secluded pure refined yet strict manner were thrown among a rude mass of young creatures they were compelled unexpectedly to suffer everything from the vulgar bad and even base since they lacked both weapons and skill to protect themselves it was properly about this period that i first became acquainted with my native city which i strolled over with more and more freedom in every direction sometimes alone and sometimes in the company of lively companions to convey to others in any degree the impression made upon me by these grave and revered spots i must here introduce a description of my birthplace as in its different parts it was gradually unfolded to me what i liked more than anything was to promenade on the great bridge spanning the mine its length 
its firmness and its fine appearance rendered it a notable structure and it was besides almost the only memorial left from ancient times of the precautions due from the civil government to its citizens the beautiful stream above and below bridge attracted my eye and when the gilt weathercock on the bridge cross glittered in the sunshine i always had a pleasant feeling generally i extended my walk through sachsenhausen and for a kreutzer was ferried comfortably across the river i was now again on this side of the stream stole along to the wine market and admired the mechanism of the cranes when goods were unloaded but it was particularly entertaining to watch the arrival of the market boats from which so many and such extraordinary figures were seen to disembark on entering the city the saalhof which at least stood on the spot where the castle of emperor charlemagne and his successors was reported to have been was greeted every time with profound reverence one liked to lose oneself in the old trading town particularly on market days among the crowd collected about the church of st bartholomew from the earliest times throngs of buyers and sellers had gathered there and the place being thus occupied it was not easy in later days to bring about a more roomy and cheerful arrangement the booths of the so-called pfarreisen were very important places for us children and we carried many a batson to them in order to purchase sheets of coloured paper stamped with gold animals though one could but seldom make his way through the narrow crowded and dirty market-place i call to mind also that i always flew past the adjoining meat stalls narrow and disgusting as they were in perfect horror on the other hand the roman hill Römerberg, was a most delightful place for walking the way to the new town along by the new shops was always cheering and pleasant yet we regretted that a street did not lead into the tsail by the church of our lady and that we always had to go a roundabout way by the hasengasse or the catherine gate but what chiefly attracted the child's attention were the many little towns within the town the fortresses within the fortress namely the walled monastic enclosures and several other precincts remaining from earlier times and more or less like castles as the nuremberg court the compostella the braunfels the ancestral house of the family of stahlburg and several strongholds in later days transformed into dwellings and warehouses no architecture of an elevating kind was then to be seen in frankfurt and everything pointed to a period long past and unquiet both for town and district gates and towers which defined the bounds of the old city then farther on again gates towers walls bridges ramparts moats with which the new city was encompassed all showed but too plainly 
that a necessity for guarding the common weal in disastrous times had induced these arrangements and that all the squares and streets even the newest broadest and best laid out owed their origin to chance and caprice and not to any regulating mind a certain liking for the antique was thus implanted in the boy and was specially nourished and promoted by old chronicles and woodcuts as for instance those of Crabbe relating the siege of frankfurt at the same time a different taste was developed in him for observing the conditions of mankind in their manifold variety and naturalness without regard to their importance or beauty it was therefore one of our favourite walks which we endeavoured to take now and then in the course of a year to follow the circuit of the path inside the city walls gardens courts and back buildings extend to the zwinger and we saw many thousand people amid their little domestic and secluded circumstances from the ornamental and show gardens of the rich to the orchards of the citizen anxious about his necessities from thence to the factories bleaching grounds and similar establishments even to the burying grounds for a little world lay within the limits of the city we passed a varied strange spectacle which changed at every step and with the enjoyment of which our childish curiosity was never satisfied in fact the celebrated devil upon two sticks when he lifted the roofs of madrid at night scarcely did more for his friend than was here done for us in the bright sunshine and open air the keys that were to be made use of in this journey to gain us a passage through many a tower stair and boston were in the hands of the authority whose subordinates we never failed to coax into good humour but a more important and in one sense more fruitful place for us was the city hall named from the romans in its lower vault-like rooms we liked but too well to lose ourselves we obtained an entrance too into the large and very simple session-room of the council the walls as well as the arched ceiling were white though wainscoted to a certain height and the whole was without a trace of painting or any kind of carved work only high up on the middle wall might be read this brief inscription one man's word is no man's word justice needs that both be heard after the most ancient fashion benches were ranged around the wainscotting and raised one step above the floor for the accommodation of the members of the assembly this readily suggested to us why the order of rank in our senate was distributed by benches to the left of the door on the opposite corner sat the schroffen in the corner itself the schultheiss who alone had a small table before him those of the second bench sat in the space to his left as far as the wall to where the windows were while along the windows ran the third bench occupied by craftsmen in the midst of the hall stood a table for the registrar 
once within the Römer, we even mingled with the crowd of the audiences of the burgomasters but whatever related to the election and coronation of the emperors possessed a greater charm we managed to gain the favour of the keepers so as to be allowed to mount the new gay imperial staircase which was painted in fresco and on other occasions closed with a grating the election chamber with its purple hangings and admirably fringed gold borders filled us with awe the representations of animals on which little children or genii clothed in the imperial ornaments and laden with the insignia of the empire made a curious figure were observed by us with great attention and we even hoped that we might live to see some time or other a coronation with our own eyes they had great difficulty to get us out of the great imperial hall when we had been once fortunate enough to steal in and we reckoned him our truest friend who while we looked at the half lengths of all the emperors painted around at a certain height would tell us something of their deeds we listened to many a legend of charlemagne but that which was historically interesting for us began with rudolph of habsburg who by his courage put an end to such violent commotions charles the fourth also attracted our notice we had already heard of the golden bull and of the statutes for the administration of criminal justice we knew too that he had not made the frankfurters suffer for their adhesion to his noble rival emperor gunther of schwarzburg we heard maximilian praised both as a friend to mankind and to the townsmen his subjects and were also told that it had been prophesied of him that he would be the last emperor of a german house which unhappily came to pass as after his death the choice wavered only between the king of spain afterwards charles v and the king of france francis i with some anxiety it was added that a similar prophecy or rather intimation was once more in circulation for it was obvious that there was room left for the portrait of only one more emperor a circumstance which though seemingly accidental filled the patriotic with concern end of section three